On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. All right. Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, or good evening, whenever you happen to be listening. Let's get the formalities out of the way. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your situation, objectives, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risk. None are guaranteed. So before you make any decisions, talk to an investment advisor. If you want to talk to one of ours, uh, craigsip.com is the website where you go. Right, uh, let's look back at last week's markets. Uh, For a start, it was the end of the March quarter. Uh, So we saw a 5.7% decline for world shares, which uh, is is good and bad. You know, for a start, it is the the worst performance we've seen since March 2020, uh, the March 2020 quarter, that is. And it's the fifth weakest quarter of the last decade. Having said that, it was looking a whole lot worse three weeks ago. Uh, in early March, world shares were down more than 13% year to date. So they were heading for a, a much uglier quarter. And because we've seen a big rally uh, in the US and in most places uh, over the last three weeks or so, the numbers look a whole lot better. They're still down, but they're not down nearly as much. So uh, some good and bad news there. And I guess that reflects uh, the type of year that we're having. Last week, more specifically, most markets were up, but not terribly so. The US was flat, the UK and Europe and Australia up about 1%-ish, New Zealand up about a third of a percent. So markets are holding on to those recent gains, but they haven't really sort of pushed on any further. Big moves in interest rates, though. So we saw in the US, the US Treasury yield rose from the two-year Treasury yield, that is, rose from 2.3 to almost 2.5, but the 10-year yield fell from 2.5 to 2.4. So you've got a situation now that they call the inverted yield curve, which basically means the shorter-term rates are higher than the longer-term rates, and that's unusual. Um, Usually, sort of, interest rates are higher, sort of, the further out you go. The reason an inverted yield curve gets a lot of attention and so forth in the media is because it's typically been a really good predictor of trouble on the horizon. So if you look back over the last 70 years, every US recession has been preceded by yield curve inversion. So it's something the markets pay a lot of attention to because bond markets are pretty good at sniffing out trouble ahead before anyone gets terribly panicked about that it is a much better indicator and and i i myself sort of believe it's a good indicator so i'll watch it as much as anybody but it's a stronger indicator when that yield curve stays inverted for a longer period rather than just sort of dipping in and out um, for a few days so it's a bit of a watch the space over the next few months Uh, secondly the average lead time between inversion and recession you know has been a a little over a year, to be honest. So what it's telling us at the moment is that if things keep going as they are, uh, there is potential for a recession in the second half of 2023. So, you know, no need to panic today. The US economy is very strong. The labour market's very strong. But at the same time, it is something we should keep an eye on. So not, not an alarm bell, but, you know, it's definitely sort of, you know, an orange light that sort of we should we should pay attention to it. Still very much a, a watch this space. We also saw interest rates in New Zealand rise further as well. The five-year swap rate here has increased to 3.5%. So I think that's the highest we've seen since mid-2015. So it is quite high here as well. 
We've got our Reserve Bank meeting next week, uh, Wednesday afternoon, and markets see a pretty good chance of a bigger hike in the OCR. So rather than just the usual 0.25%, they're talking about a, a 0.5%, you know, a 50 basis point hike. So uh, who knows what they'll do? They'll decide, you know, in due course. But I guess you think about some of those inflation pressures, and there's a strong case, I would think personally, for them moving a bit more quickly and getting a couple of bigger rate hikes under their belt just to move that tightening cycle along while the economy is in good shape. You know, it's much easier to raise interest rates when your economy's uh, strong rather than when it's weak. Same goes for the US, to be honest, in terms of what the Federal Reserve is, is thinking about. A couple of things that caught my eye last week in terms of the economic news flow. First was local business confidence. So we had the ANZ Business Outlook Survey. Uh, a pleasing rebound in uh, headline confidence and own activity. So that's good. You know, it's an improvement, although it's still very low. But I, I guess what the Reserve Bank won't be particularly happy about is those inflation signals just kept going higher. So 12 months ahead, inflation expectations hit a new record of 5.5%, which is well above the, the bank's target range, uh, the Reserve Bank that is. And then pricing intentions and cost expectations for businesses uh, also rose really strongly. So that tells you you've still got these broad-based inflation pressures, cost pressures, wage pressures that are feeding through to businesses. They're trying to pass them on to consumers. So it's all bad news on that inflation front. In the US, we had their jobs report come out uh, overnight on Friday and good news, I think this was, a very strong labour market. You had lots of jobs created. You had the unemployment rate fall further than expected. So headline unemployment is now 3.6%. And it's almost back to where it was before the pandemic. It fell to 3.5%, sort of at the back end of 2019, early 2020, which was the lowest that we've seen since 1969. And we're now almost back at those multi-decade lows. So you've got a very strong labour market in the US, which is good news. The participation rate was strong. The other detail looked strong. So again, I think it just will likely see the Federal Reserve, who's next um, meeting in early May, so in about a month from now, I think it gives them more of a reason to go bigger in terms of the, the rate hikes that they'll be thinking about. Because again, when you're behind the curve, when you're playing catch-up, you probably want to move more quickly, especially if... Um, you know, you do, you, you've got a backdrop of a strong labour market. It's it's the best time to do it because your economy is going to be resilient enough to handle it. Uh, China uh, had some data out of China last week and it was a little bit on the soft side. They've obviously put a few parts of the country into lockdown uh, because they've had a fresh outbreak and they're still taking, you know, quite a stringent approach to that. So we saw the PMIs for March, which are activity indicators, and for the first time since February 2020, you saw the, the manufacturing and the services sector both um, contract at the same time. So China looks to be in the middle of a soft patch. We'll just have to wait and see how long that lasts. Looking ahead on the local front, uh, we have got a dairy auction. That's about the only thing of significance. Um, the last auction, we saw dairy prices fall for the first time in 2022. It's been a really strong run through uh, January, February, early March. So 
Uh, hard to say where they'll go from here. I guess on the negative side, you know, that, that those China lockdowns that I mentioned could just dampen demand. But you still have got that strong backdrop of agricultural commodity prices with the war in Ukraine. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, but dairy prices are still at, at multi-year highs and the Fonterra payout is still headed for the, the highest one we've ever seen. So still very much good news on that front. Uh, looking elsewhere, uh, what have we got? Um, central banks will probably be in the spotlight. Seems like they always are, and that's because interest rates are so in focus. So we've got the Reserve Bank of Australia meeting on Tuesday afternoon and then releasing their six-monthly financial stability report on Friday. They're not likely to make any changes this week, but we are looking for a bit of a shift in tone from the RBA. Um, they've sort of been a bit out of step with some of the other central banks, and um, it does feel like that they maybe need to start talking a bit of a tougher line on inflation and a bit more of an aggressive stance on monetary policy. So we'll be watching for any comments in that regard. The Federal Reserve minutes will be released. This, these will be from the March meeting, but they'll provide more clues as to how the Fed is thinking. Uh, and, and we'll be watching for comments out of Europe and the UK uh, from the central bankers in that part of the world. Uh, there was some European inflation figures that were much stronger than expected um, in recent days. So, you know, the pressure is on those central banks too. Politics could be of interest or, or in the spotlight, I should say, um, this week in Europe too, because you've got the French elections that are coming up soon. Uh, and they do this in multiple rounds. So we've got the, the first round set to begin on, on Sunday, uh, then the, the second round um, uh, in late April. So you could see politics um, back back on the agenda. Other than that, it's a little bit of a quiet week, although we are building towards that international reporting season, um, which, which comes around pretty quickly, um, comes around quarterly. So with the March quarter now behind us, as we look to mid-April, second half of April, you, you are entering that period where you'll get um, a swag of results from all the big global companies, you know, the Apples, the Microsoft, the Visas, the Facebooks, and so on and so on. All of those big um, US and international businesses will report results for the March quarter. And that's always interesting because it allows us to sort of take the pulse of, you know, corporate America and you, you learn you learn so much from the outlook statements and the sort of commentaries from management teams um, at those quarterly results. So that's something we're, we're building up to over the next couple of weeks uh, as well. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for listening and everyone enjoy your week. We'll talk again soon. For more insights, visit craigsip.com.